everyone. Welcome to the Imperfection Wins podcast, a podcast that is focused on spreading a message of encouragement, grace, and authenticity with a focus on life, leadership, and service to others. As I've mentioned in the last couple of podcasts, I ditched the opening bio as it seemed like it was getting redundant. So if you're new here and you want to know more about me, go back and listen to the first few podcasts or connect with me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram to learn more about me and what I do. Wow, what a couple of weeks it's been. Many of you probably saw my post on social media about being hit. I was rear-ended on the freeway on March 1st. Thankfully, I'm okay, with the exception of some back and neck pain and just being off my game in general for the last week or so. But my poor car was not so lucky. Nonetheless, I am grateful to have been alone in the car and that the gentleman that hit me was so apologetic and worried. It was his birthday, and he was on the way to the airport to get his brother. I actually felt really bad for him, and bad for me at the same time. But you know what? In a stressful situation, there were a couple of cool things that happened. First off, we were kind to each other. Secondly, we had the nicest police officer And thirdly, my friend Beth came to my rescue on the side of the freeway and took me out to Thai food after, so all in all, it could have been worse. It's interesting, though, now that I'm always looking for good podcast material, I'm being challenged to look for the good in all situations and embrace the imperfection all around me and in me. I actually think it's helping me relax into situations more instead of stressing over them and wishing they were different. Okay, a couple of podcast updates. Many of you have commented on the fort, and actually I've had people even ask to come visit the fort. I'm recording in the fort right now, actually, but there won't be any visitors in the fort. It's really small, and actually it's pretty hot, as I mentioned last time. So when I have guest speakers on, we will not be in the fort because that seems weird and a little inappropriate. That's my HR background kicking in. So instead, we'll do the interviews in a normal room and just hope that the sound is still good. But I am really excited about the guest speaker lineup we have because it's going to be phenomenal and really enlightening for a lot of people. Okay, quick heart update. The transformation and joy Gary is feeling and experiencing with having the sense of purpose around creating hearts is really awesome and a total testament to what can happen when you affirm another human being, even in small ways. He's actually been on the hunt for special, unique wood to make more hearts out of and told me that he thinks his last batch is his best yet. It's cool that he feels a total sense of purpose and I'm honored that he's being so thoughtful and intentional about making them and that you all are cherishing them. Now, some of you know, or, and have discovered, I had a little oops around sending the hearts out. Apparently sending them in a normal envelope doesn't work. I've had several of you tell me that when you received your envelope, it was ripped open with no heart inside. I'm pretty sure it's an imperfect shipping method, not theft. I'm working on resending them with a reinforced envelope. So my sincere apologies to anyone that this happened to, and thank you so much to those of you that have come back around to me and let me know. Hopefully the lost hearts have all found good homes. 
Okay, awkward social media update for this week. I've realized a few things over the last several weeks in my venture into social media. Instagram is hard. Twitter is harder. Being relevant on social media takes dedication and consistency, two things I'm not the best at. I now also know I can't always look at my number of followers on Instagram because it will drive me crazy because apparently people follow and then unfollow you all the time in some weird social media game, which was actually a big aha moment for me and made me feel better about having people unfollow me. But I sort of wish I would have figured that out sooner so I didn't spend any energy wondering why people unfollowed me and having hurt feelings. Just kidding. I actually didn't have hurt feelings, but I was sort of spinning about what I was doing wrong on my posts. Remember, I'm a recovering perfectionist, not a recovered one. I'm still a work in progress. Lastly, as I mentioned before, I need a website, but I'm not passionate or equipped to build one myself. So this has all led me to hire an amazing marketing consultant to help me build my business. And I'm so excited to have her on my team and cannot wait to start rolling things out to you all like more content and resources. One more thing. I've been getting questions from listeners about what my goals for this podcast are and if I make money on this creative endeavor. So I just want to answer that for everyone listening. The answer is no. I don't make any money on this podcast. I actually think the only way to make money on a podcast is to have some big sponsors. It was funny. When I hit 100 downloads, the app I'm recording on sent me a message telling me I could make money on my podcast. So, of course, I clicked on the Learn More button where I learned that if I recorded an ad for the app, I would make $10 for every 1,000 downloads. Yes, that's right, 1,000. Well, I never thought I would get to 1,000, nor did I have interest in recording an ad that plays in the middle of my podcast. But look at me now. If only I would have done that. I'm now just over 1,000. I could have made $10. Can you hear the sarcasm in my voice? The point is, I'm obviously not doing this for the money. For now, my goal is to keep recording interesting content, spread some much-needed encouragement around, maybe gain some coaching clients or speaking engagements. But other than that, I'm just having fun and enjoying the ride. And apparently, I need at least 30 to 50,000 downloads to get a good sponsor, so it's going to be a while. I will say, though, that based on the fact that my teenage son keeps telling me about these random people that are making millions of dollars recording themselves playing video games, it seems like it is a possibility that someday I could make a little money on producing this, don't you think? I completely don't get why people pay to watch some of the stuff they watch. It's so odd to me. Okay, so a couple of weeks ago, I asked about what you would all like to hear about in upcoming episodes. Servant leadership and imposter syndrome were both a hit. Don't worry, introverts, I am still working on doing an episode called Don't Discount the Quiet Ones. I do think it's a really relevant topic for personal and professional life. I actually spend a lot of time coaching on that particular subject. I'm also going to try something new after today and do more to engage with all of you listeners. 
At the end of the podcast, I'll ask for you to share your stories with me so I can share them on the air. They can either be in voice recording or written and can be as anonymous as you want them to be. The next podcast will hopefully contain some awesome listener stories and questions about imposter syndrome, and then we'll follow it up with a special guest speaker who has a lot to say regarding this. Today, we are going to talk about imposter syndrome. Have you heard of imposter syndrome? A lot of people haven't, as I'm finding out. Doesn't it sound like something out of a spy movie? It's a real thing. Actually, an estimated 70% of us deal with this in some fashion. So let me read you the definition and then let's talk about it. Imposter syndrome, also called imposter phenomenon or fraud syndrome, is a term coined in 1978 by clinical psychologists Dr. Pauline R. Clance and Susan A. Imes, referring to high-achieving individuals marked by an inability to internalize their accomplishments and a persistent fear of being exposed as a fraud. Despite external evidence of their competence, those exhibiting the syndrome remain convinced that they are frauds and do not deserve the success they have achieved. Proof of success is dismissed as luck, timing or as a result of deceiving others into thinking they are more intelligent and competent than they believe themselves to be. Pretty harsh concept, right? An article I read in Fast Company actually describes imposter syndrome as a hot mess of harmfulness. I love that description. I definitely have been a hot mess from time to time. The way I think of it is basically not believing you're enough not believing you are as capable as others believe you are, and attributing your success to luck or happenstance or feeling inadequate despite the evidence of success. I know so many people who struggle with this. Many of the definitions I read said imposter syndrome is specific to feeling like a fraud or fake in a professional setting. But I actually think it can happen in many or maybe all of the different roles we have in our lives. In my experience, women and men of all ages and all careers suffer from this in some fashion and at some point in their lives, in work, or even socially. Now, if you don't struggle with this and never have, you are one of the few. So take this opportunity to soak in this concept as you likely know someone else who's struggling with this and could use some help navigating. Maybe it's a partner, friend, or even someone you're working with or managing. Typically, imposter syndrome hits perfectionists and high performers especially hard. These people tend to set really high, sometimes excessively high goals, and failures or setbacks are often met with a sense of shame or deep self-loathing. I have to say, I have fallen into this category for a lot of my life, and my tendency, like others, is to overwork in an effort to avoid being found out. So usually, I end up being a high performer in my work, but a lot of time it's driven more by a fear of failure or a fear of feeling inadequate versus a sense of fiery passion and confidence. So my results are usually awesome, but also kind of sad. I've struggled with this for years, and when I started to think back about when feelings of not being enough or being an imposter started to close in on me, I realized it was a long, long time ago. 
I'm starting to think imposter syndrome actually begins at a really early age. Maybe even earlier now that our poor kids have to deal with the expectations and definitions of success put out by social media. Let me tell you a couple of funny stories. When I was a kid, probably about 10, I really wanted to be friends with a certain group of girls, the cool girls. My perception was that they all had more money or nicer parents than me based on the fact that they all had guest jeans, Converse, and gotcha shorts. They were never mean to me, but I wasn't really in their tight-knit circle either. So one day, I wanted in, and I decided to tell them that my parents had just won $10 million, thinking that might make me more valuable in their eyes. The funny thing is that I really had no idea how much money that actually was or how unrealistic it was. Well, they were really impressed, and they let me hang out with them all day. I'm sure, I'm sure, I hope, I felt sort of bad for lying, but I would imagine feeling pretty good that I was in. Well, one of them went home and told her parents, who knew my parents, that we had won $10 million. Well, obviously, their parents told them this didn't happen, it wasn't possible, and probably not to believe what the crazy girl on the playground says. The next day, I of course was horrified when they confronted me, and I was promptly back out of the group. Here's another one. My daughter, who gave me permission to share this story now that she's almost 18, was in kindergarten. It was the day of the run, walk, and roll at her elementary school. She was so excited. Now, she's really competitive and really likes to win. In fact, we used to have a rule in our house that if she lost a game, she still had to high-five the person that beat her and say, good job. She complied, but through many tears. So anyway, she had the running event at school, and I volunteered at it, and it was so fun to watch her go round and round with all the other kids. Well, when she came home that night, she told us the amazing news at dinner. She said, I won the whole thing. We were shocked, but so happy for her. And she loved our reaction and felt like we thought she was so much more valuable because she won and we were so proud of her. And so the story kept going. She told us how they called her up on stage and gave her a Frisbee for winning. Well, later that night, she came clean through tears, and she was so confused about why she lied. We were obviously concerned about the lying, but also trying not to laugh. Now that she's almost 18, we can laugh about it openly. But her instinct was she felt like she had to win something to be valuable to us or to make us proud. Now, those two stories are silly stories that illustrate how we want to be accepted and valued early on in our lives. But we start to realize quickly in life what the world values. And we start slowly putting away the pieces of ourselves that we think don't fit. The really sad thing is that we put away really special parts of ourselves. A lot of times it's our gifts because it makes us different and unique. 
We instead create a version of ourselves that we believe the world will accept, and we strive to excel in all that we do. But if we're not careful, that drive can be out of fear and not out of passion. If we're lucky, at some point in our lives, we have an awakening that reminds us about our gifts and our responsibility to use them in the world. Hopefully, we start to lose the need to be accepted by everyone and hang on to the lives we touch and our people when we find them. Many of us may not have this awakening if we aren't intentionally seeking it. It is sometimes easier to go through life following the world's rules, fitting in, following expectations, conforming. Easier, but maybe less satisfying. The problem with not operating in our gifts is that then we stop believing we have them. We start talking ourselves out of them. We devalue ourselves. We hide. I have so many stories about this in my life. From the time I was a child that I shared earlier to being a teenager trying to navigate a time in my life where my life did not match my friends' lives. I was a tennis player and suddenly found myself in a financial situation that shut off my tennis lessons. So in order to keep taking them, I went to the tennis courts on Sundays and cleaned them with this massive roller thing. It took hours and was hot and dusty, and no one else knew I was doing that job. On the outside, they just saw me taking tennis lessons with all of the other kids and assumed my life was like their lives. Instead of being proud that I was working hard for those lessons, I felt sort of embarrassed. I just wanted to blend in. Now, I wish I could say I cleaned those courts out of passion for the sport, but I think the truth is that tennis was part of my identity, and I was afraid of being left behind. You all know my stories about being a professional adult that always felt lucky and grateful to have awesome opportunities, but always believing I didn't deserve them or that they could be taken away from me in an instant. I even suffered from this when I became a parent. I felt like a fraud all the time. I mean, I did carry these babies and loved them more than anything. So how could I be a fraud? There was a tape running through my head often about what I should be doing better. I don't know if any of you saw the post I did a while ago on social media about last year when I spontaneously hopped on a plane to Paris to meet a couple of girlfriends. Don't worry, my life really isn't as fancy as that sounds. It was my first time in Europe. I always declined the invitation out of a sense of responsibility and maybe a tad bit of fear of taking time off work or doing something that spontaneous or going that far. Finally, my husband bought me a non-refundable ticket 10 days before I had to leave, and he said, you're going. You know my first thought? I'm going to have to take time off work. What if I get fired? I mean, honestly, I've never been fired. I've always been a high performer. I've always taken my work very seriously, and I knew my boss and my team loved me. And yet, that thought actually came out of my mouth in front of my kids and husband. It was actually a real fear for me that I was going to maybe get fired or my work would be upset with me. 
My daughter just laughed and said, that would be so funny, mom. Honestly, everyone in my house just wanted me to get on the plane and go. So I nervously broke the news to my boss. And she said, of course you have to go. Have the best time. Yep, just an example, again, of my imposter syndrome fears being all in my head and not based on truth. Another example is that about a year ago, I realized something. Anytime someone paid me a compliment about a success I had, I said something like, can you believe it? I don't even know how I ended up here. Well, I made a decision a couple of months ago to stop saying that. I realized that it was a terrible example for others around me. I mean, while I'm encouraging others to claim their worth and feel valued, I was devaluing my own hard work. I made it seem like I was just floating along and poof, something amazing happened to me. Now, I wasn't being disingenuous when I reacted with surprise about where I found myself. It used to be true for me. I really didn't know how I ended up getting the opportunities in my life. I never felt equipped or quite ready for the challenge. It did feel like I was undeserving. I always underestimated my gifts, my impact on others, my power. But now, since I've been working on being intentional about my thoughts and focusing on truth, it's not true. I do know how I end up getting amazing opportunities, meeting amazing people, and having an impact. I'm using my gifts. It's how God made me. I love people. I'm a hard worker. I look for ways to have impact, so I find them. It has taken me years to start changing these thought patterns, and some days I still can take myself down. As I've told you all before, this podcast has been a surprise. I didn't know. I didn't know I would have listeners. I didn't know I would love it. I didn't know I would be impacting you. The truth is that I actually am, truthfully, somewhat ill-equipped for this project. I mean, really. You all are getting to see me grow in this organically, little by little. And I do feel like an imposter sometimes in this space, a fraud. I wake up after publishing a podcast and think, what the heck did I just put out into the world? Then I remind myself that I've never claimed perfection, right? I've never said I'm a professional podcaster, a social media maven, or a public speaking rock star, or anything even close to that. So I might fail, but if I fail, you all will be okay, and I'll be okay, because the whole point is getting out of my comfort zone and being okay with imperfection, right? So are you starting to wonder if you have imposter syndrome? Are you underestimating your talents and gifts? Let me ask you these questions and take the time to think about them. Do you feel you've had a hand in your success? Or do you normally attribute it to luck, right place, right time? Do you get stressed when you're not working and find downtime wasteful? Do you keep track of your wins, the positive feedback you receive, or do you just replay the negatives? Do you compare yourself to others? Is it okay for you to fail? Are you okay admitting mistakes or saying, I don't know, 
or do you try and fake your way through? Have you let your hobbies and passions fall to the bottom of your priority list? Do you hold back on giving your opinion or taking risks? Now on that last question, here's something I want you to think about. If you are holding back on offering your whole and complete self to something important to you, a cause, a company, your family, or other relationships, is it possible that by holding back, you are stunting others' growth, robbing them of what you can bring to the table and only you? I think sometimes thinking of it this way helps as we tend to treat others better than ourselves sometimes. And I know you would never purposely want to withhold from someone or something important in your life. Sometimes I coach people who have a particular person or leader they feel like an imposter around. And I always remind them when they're approaching someone they're intimidated by that maybe has a bigger title or a seemingly higher position in the hierarchy to remember that we all have value. A big title might mean they have an expertise or know more about some things than you, but it doesn't mean they know more about everything than you. You have an expertise to share and value to add, so don't hold back, share it. So here's the thing in my life that I realize now. It is good to be different. It's good to have life experiences that give you perspective and make you grow. If you're seeking growth and being intentional, you'll continue to evolve. And part of the evolution of life is failing, making mistakes, losing sometimes. You just can't give the failure too much glory. You can learn from those failures, but don't let them make you believe that you shouldn't continue moving forward. We're all gifted with talents and interests. Being filled with self-doubt sometimes is human, but letting that that self-doubt crush you or paralyze you or give up your dream because of it is imposter syndrome. Refuse to let yourself take yourself down. I've realized that the quest for perfection and to prove my worth, despite not needing to do so, ultimately only ends up harming me and those close to me as I have less time to focus on my own well-being and give authentically to those people and things I care about most. My work becomes fueled by fear of failure and not fueled by passion. I want to be fueled in my life by passion and calling. So therefore, it's time for this syndrome to take a hike. So how am I going to send it packing? Let's talk about some simple ways for you to nip it in the bud. The article I referenced earlier from Fast Company had some great tips. Learn to take your mistakes in stride. View them as part of the growth process. Push yourself to act before you're ready. Remember, we're not waiting for perfection. Validate yourself instead of looking to others. The more you practice replaying the good things about you, the more you will own your own confidence. Ask for help. There's no shame in this. Many people will respect you for being vulnerable and acknowledging that you need others. Remember, there's always more to learn. We are all a work in progress, but we can still be on a journey and add value along the way. Help someone else. Mentor someone. 
Share your knowledge and expertise. I guarantee you have one. Okay, let's end with a challenge for this week and then our reflection quote. This week, do some soul searching. Ask yourself if there are any areas in your life where you feel like an imposter. Is this feeling making you avoid embracing a role in your life fully? Is it tapping, trapping you in a swirl of fear? Are you building yourself up or tearing yourself down? If you look at the actual data of your life, feedback from others, results, relationships, opportunity, is the negative self-talk true? Or is it just negative self-talk rooted in self-doubt and fear? Are you willing to open yourself up to the idea that instead of dwelling on the negative, what if I'm not good enough, you could focus on the possibility that you are good enough. Once you've had time to reflect on what's holding you back, intentionally do something in that space to move forward. The more you get comfortable with your discomfort and have a realistic view of yourself, the less you'll be plagued by this annoying syndrome. So here's our quote for the week. I have to admit that today, even 12 years after graduation from Harvard, I'm still insecure about my own worthiness. I have to remind myself today, you are here for a reason. Today, I feel much like I did when I came to Harvard Yard as a freshman in 1999. I felt like there had been some mistake, that I wasn't smart enough to be in this company, and that every time I opened my mouth, I would have to prove I wasn't just a dumb actress. Sometimes your insecurities and your inexperience may lead you to embrace other people's expectations, standards, or values. But you can harness that inexperience to carve out your own path. One that is free of the burden of knowing how things are supposed to be. A path that is defined by its own particular set of reasons. Natalie Portman, Harvard Commencement, 2015. Now, I just want to point out that this is a successful actress. She has it all from the world's point of view, and still, she feels like an imposter. I mean, isn't it sort of comforting to know it happens to most of us at some point in our life? The key is to not give in to it. Use real data, real examples of your successes, and what you know is true about yourself, and shut down that syndrome stat. So what fears do you need to let go of in order to live the life you are meant for? Stop wasting time spinning around and around on whether or not you're good enough to do it and just start doing it. Okay, here's the new part of the podcast, the call for listener stories. I know all of you have stories and many of you have messaged me privately about some of your experience. So let's talk about it. If you're open to sharing your story or have some questions about imposter syndrome or this concept of not being enough, message me. You can send me a voice message through the Anchor app. You can send me a voice recording to me via email at imperfectionwinspodcast at gmail.com or write to me in a social media platform or email. You can give me permission to use your name, social handle, or be anonymous. But please, please, please consider it. You have no idea how much your story may inspire and encourage others. I'll also post my media in this call to action on my social media in case anyone is listening to this without a pen. 
Thank you so much for listening today and letting me share my heart and experience with you. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to subscribe, share, rate, or leave a review, or reach out to me on social media. I'd love to hear from you. Join me next time for my first guest speaker, Dr. Renee St. Jacques, an amazing executive coach and psychologist who has a unique and helpful perspective on being enough. Until then, have courage, be kind, and give yourself and others grace.